You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Scout. I'm Mads' older sister. Hello there. Hello there. We are the sisters. Well, I was just thinking of like... (laughs) How crazy, I don't know why I just thought of this. How insane would you go if you were an actor on a children's television show? You know that I was the voice in a children's toy? Yeah, I I remember. Can you believe? I mean, actually, obviously you can believe it. Like, everything about me screams children's toy voice, you know? Really? I don't know. I mean, you were 10 when it happened. So I remember driving you to the house where we recorded it. I went with you. Can you, how insane was that? I forgot that I did that. The toy is still in dad's house. Oh, really? We should pull the toy out. Yeah. What did you say? Like, surprise. What was it? No, no, no. It was old McDonald. I like sang old McDonald had a farm. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute. I love that for you. You should put that on your resume. Hey, did you, did you ever um, collect anything? Did I ever collect anything? Um, against my will, uh, my parents collected Madame Alexander dolls for me, which was weird. Oh, my God. That's so Kardashians of you. Yeah, I was the trendsetter, and I'm really proud that I know exactly what you're talking about because I know that they went to the store, and Kris Jenner made them by all the Madame Alexander dolls. Dad mm-hmm. still has them, and so I'm going <laughs> to take a look and see if they're creepy or cute, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. They're for sure creepy. They're for sure creepy. But other than that, I've just collected books. I'm not a big collector. I'm not a collector. Like my husband, collector energy all the time. All the time. Your husband is collector. You know what? There are two types of people. Collector energy people and non-collector energy people. Yeah. I collected mugs. I know. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Very impractical collection. Yeah, you've said this on the podcast like four times. (sighs) Every sister knows about your mug collection and how difficult it was to transport because there was like a hundred mugs. Maybe we have some new listeners. 
Maybe we have some new listeners. Hi, we have new fucking sisters. corporate na- we have oh. corporate Natalie on the pod. Of course we have some new listeners. Mm, okay, so let's reintroduce ourselves, shall we? Hi, sisters, if you're new. Welcome to Okay Says Podcast. Woohoo! We li- okay. Well, you know I'm never good at the slogan. Let's provide some more context. Let's do the elevator pitch. Um, you know, in corporate Natalie fashion, let's do an e- an elevator pitch. Um, hello, Scal and I are actually sisters IRL, and we meet every week to chat with a rad female guest, and they come and join in on the sisterly banter. And we have been doing this for four fucking years. So welcome, dude. We've literally almost been like next month. It'll be our four year anniversary. It's insane. That's it's wild. Anyways, let's do a little brand pillars. Okay, sis, brand pillars. Sisterhood, female entrepreneurship, mental health, and pop culture. Maddie's brand pillars. Rum cube, natural wine, reading romance no- novels, and Bill Hader. All right, Scout? Scout's brand pillars. I mean, should I give my actual brand pillars or should I give ones that are like yours? Ones that are like mine. Okay, Scout's brand pillars are Luna, my Pomeranian, bipolar disorder, since I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you didn't have bipolar disorder and you were like, that is one of my brand pillars. (laughs) Okay, wait. Luna, my Pomeranian. Bipolar, because I have it. Uh, Music between the eras of 2000 and 2011. Bat mitzvah music. That's the genre. Bat mitzvah music that that kind of like is more bachelorette music party. You know what I mean? Okay. And then what's probably Jurassic Park would be my fourth. Jurassic Park, yeah. yeah. Or like poetry. Somewhere put poetry in there. I don't know. Spoken word. Spoken word. Spoken word. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken word energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice to meet you. Um, you can introduce yourself, sister. You can say it out loud. We promise we'll we'll hear you through um, the airwaves. Or you can just put it in our uh, Geneva Community Center. We have a little room there. You can this is true. say hi. You can celebrate your wins in the Mazel Tov room. We can talk about entrepreneurship, all the things. It's kind of my favorite place, the Geneva Community Center. It's popping. It truly is. It truly is. All right. Let's get into this episode because we have motherfucking corporate Natalie on the pod. If you've been living under a rock, I guess maybe you don't know her, but that's, you know. I mean, even I know her and I don't live in the TikTok umbrella. Yeah. If Scout knows her, like you should know her. And like, um, I love corporate Natalie so much. She's delicious. I just love her so much. And she, you know, she talks a lot about corporate humor and she's, you know, a corporate influencer, if you will. It's it's a character almost, mm-hmm. but um, it was so nice to kind of chat a little bit more about her process and how TikTok has affected, you know, not only her life, but her mental health. And she gives insane tips at the end for versioning influencers or content creators and how to manage your deals and work with brands. So definitely stay tuned till the end because she drops she drops some little like poop pellets of, of wisdom. Okay, I wouldn't call them that because Usually when you ask influencers or entrepreneurs like, hey, what are the four tips? What are some tips for new people in the industry? It's vague. It's random. It's like, okay, drink water to make your skin clear up. Natalie went for it. She had some incredibly specific takeaways. So make sure to listen towards the end because she gives them all away then. We love a tangible lesson. I feel like we're so annoying today. I think we're just annoying. Are we annoying? There's a high probability, but (laughs) I personally think we're hilarious. I think... I I don't know. I this is the self confidence exactly. It's just <laughs> oozing with self confidence. Self confidence. Okay, sisters. All right. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Hi, Miss Corporate Natalie. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Oh my gosh, you did your eyeshadow for us and everything. I know. I looked like really beat this morning. I still look beat to shit, but here we are. <laughs> No, you don't. Yeah. Look at us. I'm like, my tits are out. I don't know what's going on. I usually don't like show this much titty, but we're here for it. I wore my bra today and then I took it off right when I got <laughs> to the office because I was like, nope, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Are you in the office right now recording this? Yes, I'm in my office. She's the she's the like founder and CEO. She can, you know, take off her bra and swing it around. I think it's it's appropriate. Okay. I was like, that's a really cool looking office. You have some cool art behind oh, thank you. you. I love it. My office looks nothing like that. 
I know. We cannot wait to talk to you about your office because actually you were, so I'm not a TikTok gal, you know, tried, didn't work, not in alignment with me, against my soul's purpose on this planet, but you are pretty much the only TikToker that I kind of ever got attached to and loved and like kept going back to watch. I'm honored. Oh my gosh. Yeah. TikTok's mostly cringe. I, I love the video of the girl that does the guy who discovers you have a TikTok on a date. That's like, oh, when you were doing so well. And like (laughs) jokes about like the guy that's like, oh, well, you do your little dancey dance on a teen app. And like, I totally get it. So I I think my Instagram following is people that like refuse to download TikTok that are just on Instagram. So I get it. I'm here for the anti-TikTok sentiment. But thank you for supporting me. It's not really (laughs) such an anti-TikTok sentiment because I think everyone who's on there is genius and should just fucking milk it and go for it and keep going. I just like get my for you pages like the elevator boys, which we're confused about and like the randomest things that. Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for me. So I've just stuck to Instagram. But I know we have a lot of questions, but I kind of just want to point out that you are one of the only TikTokers that converts just as much to Instagram as you do TikTok. And that is a feat of its own. Maybe it's because people like me like you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I do think it's because those two, they're two completely different audiences. It's the 35 year old guy on Instagram that's like, I would never think to download TikTok that follows me there. And I think that's that's the only reason. (laughs) Okay. Well, I am a TikToker. I am immersed in the TikTok experience. I'm in it. I'm in it. So I have been following you for since, you know, the panty. Um, We're still still kind of in it, but you... No, we're not in it. Enough. Like, no one says that anymore. We're like, we're in it, but we're going to Coachella. No, we're not in the panty. You're going to Greece on Friday, okay? (laughs) Okay, fine. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyways, but Miss Corporate Natalie, we're so happy that you're here. We're so delighted to talk to you. I mean, just what you've built has been... You should be so, so honored and proud of this community and the the comedy, the comic. You are comic. Did you always know that you were funny? You know, thank you. It's exciting. I'm, I knew I was always like the one at the dinner table that's cracking the jokes. I'm definitely like the funny friend. I think a lot of influencers who I meet are like actually really shy and like, you know, kind of just like talk to themselves and talk to the camera and are super introverted. I'm like an extreme extrovert, love partying, love going out, ripping jokes in settings I probably shouldn't be joking in. Like that's always been me. <laughs> I love it. And you still have your job, which is is mind-boggling to me because as I know from creating TikTok content, it is a full-time job and to do it at your scale and your level is 100% a full-time job. So I know that you've said in the past you, you've kept your job just to make sure that you're in the know of the corporate world so you can have like a, a pulse on, you know, what, you know, what the, the stereotypes are. But why... Can we help you quit? Like, (laughs) is there something we can do for you? I know. I know. I think, you know, I'm getting very close and I think I, I'm, I need to shift into more of a part-time role. Like I, I genuinely like working. I like getting a paycheck. I think a lot of people are so quick to jump into, especially younger people are quick to jump into being an influencer and like, you know, they get one brand deal and they're like, let's do it. It's like, that's extremely risky. You know, we don't know where we're headed with potential recession, whatever, who knows if they'll give a crap about influencers. Like, I think I'm just very risk averse in that, in that space. But I do think it is, it's becoming too much. I think I, I'm doing a disservice to both. Like I'll, I'll take just weeks off of TikTok and not post. And I think that's a disservice to my followers. I'll take like, I'll be doing TikToks every day and it's a disservice to my work. So like, I'd be lying if I said this this model of two full-time jobs is working and I have no personal life. So I'm just like, let's, something needs to, to give. So we'll see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good spot to be at. I think that's kind of the tried and true kind of edge spot that indicates that maybe you should either commit to one or the other, that I think people like me just jump into something and figure it out along the way. But really the solid advice to people who quit their job to do something is when it's too difficult to do both and you see one or the other suffering because you're doing both, that's the indication that it's like a good, not safe risk, but it's a it's a risk backed with evidence that it's time for you to take a leap into something else. Totally. And I like can't say no to anything, anyone, any like... <laughs> 
do I want another drink? Of course I want another drink. Do I want like I, any aspect, (laughs) I walk into a store, I like feel like indebted to the sales associate. I'm like, I've just put anything. I'll buy it. (laughs) Let's do it. I'm not walking out empty handed. Don't you worry, sweetheart. I just can't say no. So like, I need to figure out how to, we need to work. We need to work on that. that. Yeah. How, how do your employees feel or employees or not your colleagues? Like how does your team feel? Like, are they super into it and they're just like, you know, supportive or, or they're, you know, sometimes like, Oh, like don't post about that or like something. They're into it. I mean, they're so okay. supportive. They're like, you know, I actually got a promotion into marketing and I'm working in, in that. And I think, you know, it's exciting. I think they're interested in it, you know, being just in corporate America and not having an insight into like this world is, you know, it's exciting to follow along and ask me questions and learn about that. I think on the flip side, like I just feel this guilt and I feel bad if I'm doing these brand partnerships, I'm like, you know, monetizing my platform. It is like a job and it's sort of, I feel bad. And then, and then the other added layer of like, don't worry guys, I'm not making fun of you, which I'm not. I'm making fun of, I, I could do corporate Natalie without a corporate job. I get constant like we're on a zoom right now. I get constant DMS of ideas. Like most corporate influencers right now are not working full-time jobs. So like, I think I would be able to do it. I just feel, yeah, but they're very supportive. They're incredibly, incredibly supportive of the, the corporate Natalie life. It's also like appropriate. Like I, I try not to tear people down. I'm, I'm not like doing something that's like, I wouldn't do in an office. Like I literally am in an office setting basically. So it's not like I'm, I don't know, doing anything that I'm not proud of. It's so interesting. I was just thinking because I've never been in a corporate job. I've never like actually really been in a real job, like a real job that, you know, like my boss hired me and it's like a thing. But yet I find your content like so fucking funny. It's like this insight into this world. Like corporate America seems so mystical to me. It seems like this entity that's just huge. Okay. But also Scout, like something like most of your content though, Natalie, can be distributed across any type of work environment. So like I've only worked in startups and like I still relate to many of the things that you say. So I don't think it's even about specifically corporate America. I feel like it can be about, I mean, big tech is is basically corporate America now, but even startup life, like I feel connected to most of the things that you, you talk about. Totally. And like the passive aggressive girl, like that's, that can be in a friend group. Like it applies more widely than just corporate America. Or like, so I have a lot of kids in like college that follow me of like, because like they're on zoom too and that's a different sort of kind of a similar intonations and stuff so it's it's interesting I'm glad it applies more broadly than just the staunch corporate America structure that's exactly and then so you've kind of collabed with other like corporate influencers I mean Rod our our fave over here he's like are you friends with him before I never can tell when I watch your content not before TikTok, but like right when I, I had like okay. 10,000 followers and he reached out. He was so sweet. And we just became friends. So yeah, he's the best. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You, you guys both. It's like it, you guys are able to put together these like relatable thoughts that like pierce my soul. I'm like, oh, yep. That's me in a nutshell. I get it. I feel it. And like that, that is such a skill. And I don't think people understand it because it's when you, when you watch the content, you're like, oh my God, I, yeah, this happens to me. But actually coming up with it is so difficult. How, what's your, not like process, but like, does it just kind of like come naturally to you? Because those things do not come naturally to me. And I don't think people understand how tricky it is. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. 
Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, I think it it does come naturally to me. I think Rod is a different category of like, I feel like everything he lives and breathes is just like relatability. Like I, the millennial just, he is so, and he'll pump out like three videos a day easily. Like I can't do that. I'll do one video a day and I'm exhausted. But I think it does come to me. I mean, I think, when you're in this kind of creator mode and creator mindset, like every situation you're in, you're thinking like, could this be content? Could this be a bit? Is this funny? Like I literally have a notes page that I'm just constantly writing. A lot of creators say that like, I'm constantly writing down. I have like a weird interaction at dinner. I'm like, this is hilarious. Like the friend who this, and like I was in bed last night and I was thinking, I want to do one today of like the coworker who can't believe it's Wednesday and just like random (laughs) things. Like I was like, I can't, whatever. So that's, it's just, it comes to me. And it's, and I think, the ability to act on it and not like let things sit in your mind or in your drafts and just like post. I don't care if I look like shit. I don't care if I don't have makeup on, like just post it. You'll be happier that you, you were the first mover and and putting that up there and you have the potential to go viral than you would be. Like I posted a Justin Bieber, like making fun of his fake song that he released. I looked horrible and it it got like 4 million views. I'm like, I'm of course the one where I'm not, you know, glammed up and trying. It's, it's how it always, yeah. that's how it always goes. I love what you just mentioned about, and I, I really want you to expand on this, like having, because you're in a creator mindset, everything you see and do around you can be turned into content. Obviously there's positive and negative effects of, of this, but like how has that affected the way they, that you live and are able to turn it off. I think both Scout and I have talked a lot about this um, on OKSIS about the lingering, there's just like a through line of everything we do. Can this be content? Can this be on a, a Reels? Can this, and it's like, it's exhausting because your mind is literally working 24 seven. It does not turn off. So talk to us a little bit about like how that has affected you and your mental health. 
Totally. So I think one thing that I'm really proud of that is hard to do, but I've really tried to keep like a core value of mine is that corporate Natalie is separate from Natalie. I'm not like a lifestyle influencer where everything I do, every thought I have, like I see my friends who are influencers who are like, Hey guys, sorry, I was just off for eight hours. Like I was doing blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't feel the need to apologize. I don't tell people my last name. I don't tell people where I work, what I do, my dating life is like very personal to me, you know, so I, I try to keep these things separate. And I think that's really important for me because once you give that up, you can't get that back. Like when I start talking about my dating life, everyone expects to know my dating life and be updated on it and know who I'm dating, what I'm doing, when I'm getting married, whatever, all that stuff. And it's like, that's something that I've, and, and it's different for everyone. Some people love sharing. I think for me, for my mental health, I'd be crippled with the judgment that comes with that. I already get judged so much and I'm just making some jokes like, and people feel the need to comment on my body, my voice, my everything. And so once you add those other things and with dating, I mean, specifically, it's hard to ask of a partner or someone like, oh, by the way, you know, you maybe love me as a person. Do you also love all 450,000 of these people that I'll be publicizing you to? Like, that's a hard pill to swallow for most people. So I've just really tried to keep it separate. And I think that's helped. And I think some people don't like that. They're like, they feel entitled to know about my life and are not upset. Just like, you know, my engagement maybe hurts because I'm not constantly updating people. But that's what I've stuck to thus far, at least. It's so interesting because the way you described your creative process and then what you just said, I was thinking a lot about how that is a very... Uh, like comedian type answer. Like comedians are always saying that everything they do in their life can be turned into bits. They're looking for funny things. They're extracting comedy. And I, it, before you answered that question, the thought that ran through my mind is we would never ask a comedian, how do you turn it off? We would never ask a comedian, how do they balance their mental health? Because comedians who get on the stage and are stand-up, that's an art craft. That's their craft. That's their like that's their, you know what I'm saying? They're artisans in that way. And yet what you're doing is the exact same thing. But since your platform and your stage is the internet and social media, there is that added layer of mental health that we have to figure out because a comedian can go on stage and come off stage and not hear what those 100 people technically had to say because they're saying it to themselves and they're saying it to the person next to them. Of course, now there's reviews and stuff like that. But it's so interesting to me that the same process can be had and yet the medium is what determines the mental health part of your craft, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I probably, the thing I don't turn off is like, I, I always li I like being funny. I like recognizing humor in day-to-day -day life. Like that's something I truly enjoy. So like, that's the part that I, I never really turn off. It is kind of exhausting when sometimes like I'll have a full day of like giving talks, being on podcasts, like making videos. And then I have to like be the funny one at the dinner table. I'm sort of like my, mm. my, my tank is depleted. Like I can't do it. I'm like, someone else step up, please. <laughs> I can't yeah, do it. Please. Someone but, else, please be funny. Yeah, um, can someone step up. up. No, I'm kidding. My friend's <laughs> hilarious, but it is just, it is exhausting. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about your community and the way that they have engaged with you. Like they, you probably get so many DMs of just crazy crazy corporate stories or things or moments like what are some of the weirdest shit that you have been <laughs> given there's so much weird shit so I actually talking about mental health I hired an intern to basically handle my dms I like don't oh, you know okay. and that's so it's sort of if there's something that's like a really personal message that's like you know kind and affirmative like of course I'll respond and I'll she'll leave that there for me but like ideas whatever but mostly the things that are just, it's hilarious are when people are like, talk about when, and it's like this incredibly niche experience that this one person had. It's like, my channel is about relatability. So that the fact that you experienced like someone shitting on the toilet seat in your office doesn't mean that <laughs> we're all going to the office experiencing that, you know, like, I'm so right. sorry you had to go through that. But it's just the, it's just the people that think like, oh my God, talk about when your boss is blah, 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 blah. And then you have a performance and then you do, I'm like, that's not relatable. You that's your one that's your one story. <laughs> like, oh so yeah, it is it is absurd. But there are there are there are corporate influencers who ask like tell like a I, I sometimes like to do like tell a secret or tell like like an ask me anything sort of thing. So I, I should do one of those because I'm curious as to what the new and a lot of like office party hookups and stuff, which I just like I love the tea of that. <laughs> 
I love the tea of that. I know you need a podcast where you just like bring on oh, where people just send in confessionals about their office culture. Yeah. Confessionals <laughs> of like office shit. And it could be these like niche experiences because they're just so ridiculous and wild. Totally. I know. I know. Oh my God. Like get people from WeWork talking about the fuck closet and what really happens in the fuck closet at WeWork. You know what I mean? I haven't heard of this. Must know more. Oh my gosh. They they literally had a closet that the employees deemed like the fuck closet. And they would, I mean, this was at least in the show with, you know, Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. And um, they would go into this closet and fuck in like the middle of the day. Okay. It was like a frat house. It was like a frat house. It was like a frat house. Like they were taking shots at tequila and fucking in a closet. Wow. I like can't even walk to the bathroom in my office without feeling like some sort of anxiety, let alone go into this closet. Uh, I feel feel very anxious. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I, I think about that. I mean, I, yeah, I also am an entrepreneur, so I don't have an office and I work for myself, but I always thought like, would I ever have sex in an office? Like I would be so, yeah, I would, I would like, someone's going to come in like, no, it's like a library. It's like, it's like something you like fantasize about, but in, in practice, it's sort of like, you can't really do this logistically <laughs> without like committing logistically, a crime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But like, I feel like we, we are the type of people, which I, which is why I don't have a job is that I am so afraid of authority. So like if I wrote an email wrong, like right now, do you want to know what's replaying in my head is that I was on a team call and my employee said something and I joked and I was like, yeah, no shit. Like that's the most obvious thing I've ever heard. Cause it was like funny. And we were like laughing. Cause like we're very close, but literally I'm sitting here like, was that, was that rude? Too was much? that mean? Should I have said that? <laughs> was that too much? Was that not leadership style? Imagine me with a boss. It'd just be like all fucking day. Like was my email too? this. And so if I had sex at work, I think I would hyperventilate for three weeks straight. It's not even worth, yeah, the anxiety you feel after. It's not worth it. I know. No. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about like, I don't want to say trends, but things that you like wish would change about the corporate world. I know I heard Rod talk about this a little bit about obviously, you know, implementing more mental health practices and making sure people are just not on a fast track to burnout. What are some things that you've been seeing or like hope that would change that could make the the corporate world a little, a little better? I think just the recognition of flexibility and the sort of like the employee choice, I think. And I'm as much as I depict the coworker who's slacking off, who's completely doing everything but working. Like if you're, I think, you know, providing output is important. There's a lot of people who just talk and talk and talk and they're kind of, you know, you can tell they're not really working. It's like, if, if you are providing output, you're, you're, you're succeeding, you're doing, you're, you're succeeding at your job, you're meeting expectations. I think you should have the decision to, I want to work from home or I want to work in the office or I want to be in sort of a hybrid setting. Cause I think it's just like, there's so many companies that are offering this choice that the companies that aren't are falling behind. Why would I, as a college grad with, you know, all the energy in the world want to go to a company where I'm forced to go in five days a week. It just doesn't feel right. And I think tech is recognizing this now. I think a lot of, I I work in tech and I live in San Francisco and I think that's, you know, I have very few friends besides the ones in like real estate or really hard, hardcore finance that are in the office. Um, But I think like nationwide, that's, that's probably different. It's so interesting to me because it's obviously uh, we're at a point where it's like what, you know how they say it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. It's an employee market at this point. And I know that because I'm, I'm hiring and it's, and it's hard to hire someone like it's, well, I'm not hiring right now, but when I do hire, it's really difficult to hire somebody and it's difficult to find someone on that timeline, especially as a startup, et cetera. And it's so interesting because I think that for me as an employer, I went through this the waves, which I think every employer does, where like the first two employees, it's like, hey, I pay you, you gotta work here. Like this is how it is, da 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 da. And then once you realize that there is power. And I mean, I've always been about a good work culture. I think my team would be very shocked to hear me say something like this. But once you realize that the more your employees feel mentally safe, empowered, free, supported, recognized, all of those things, the faster your business will grow. It's just like, it's just what it is. I mean, if you have burnt out employees who feel underappreciated, it's just not going to work. Really? So flexibility is like the biggest thing in the world right now for everybody. And it's just so interesting how... I don't know. I like thinking about how it is such an employee's market and how employees can really make certain lifestyle demands for where they are. Totally. Totally. And like 
there are people who take advantage of the system. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, like, yes. of course. Yes. But if you are a type A, you know, you're working hard, you're doing what you should be doing. I just think that should be rewarded with a choice. Right. And maybe yeah. some people don't deserve that choice. Like I'm not, I'm going to be honest, like probably me at that points with my full-time job, I probably should have been in the freaking office and not filming TikToks. But like, you know, <laughs> I just think that's, that, that choice is important. Yeah. Talk to us about, about managers and leadership. Like what, what are some of your, you know, call outs or not tips, I guess, but what would you advise people? Because it's just so funny in the in your type of content and the humor that you put out. I feel like the manager or the boss is always like this, like fucking Nazi. Like I'm like you know, and I, I've also I've I've been there. Like I I totally I know I've had crazy CEOs and whatever. So why one why and then two? It's like what can managers just do differently? Like I. I'm going to be growing out a team soon. And I don't want to be part of that narrative at all. Like I, again, I want the, to give the flexibility and to have this person to feel like they are basically like the entrepreneur of their own life and of their, of this business as well, as much value as they can, you know, put, but you know, where do you see that changing a little bit? Definitely. Well, I think overall, and not to be like money is everything, but I think the way you're compensated it should directly affect how hard you're working, what you're doing. Like I see these, I have friends that are in these entry level, like ad agency roles, making nothing, working 90 hours a week. And I'm like, what is the point? Like everyone's getting paid the same. There's no like commission structure. You're all getting this. Like, why are you grinding so hard on a Saturday and Sunday for nothing? Like, I just don't understand. So me, I'll speak to my, like building out my corporate Natalie business. I have an assistant and I've trained, I've been training her for like almost a year on sort of the process. I don't have a manager or an agent. I run my entire business oh, on wow. my own. And I think what I found is like compensating her fairly and I want to compensate my people. And she, I, I said, would you be more motivated if I gave you some commission on my deals, like a sort of a manager style and have you be more of a brand manager? And that's been amazing. I love that. Like now we're a team and we're doing these together and my successes are her successes. and. I know that's like a very specific example, but just like, you know, whether it's, if you can't raise their base salary, can you provide them equity? Can you do something in a larger corporate setting? I just think there's so much. And like, how can you reward them with an actual like bonus or something outside of this rigid structure? If someone is really grinding and working hard. So I just think like compensate your people. I'm just so pro that these companies have so much money and it's going to so many different things. It's like your people deserve it. They're grinding away they barely are taking vacation it's just like pay your people I don't know like yeah. I hear Kim Kardashian doesn't pay her team well and that pisses me off it's like you're a billionaire pay your people Ugh. I don't know <laughs> yeah that's a, that's so unique that you don't have a manager and that, that's a mate that so I mean I'm sure you could get a manager if you wanted to it's what was it just because you I mean you said on Jason Tardik's podcast that you didn't feel as if them taking that large of a cut was necessary oh, for your business at this point Totally. Yeah. Why am I going to give someone 20%? Like I'm running the whole thing. I meet with the agency. I do the create, I do the entire scripting, editing, filming, writing. I send right. the video, I post the video, I have the captions for the video and all my leads right now. And I'm thankful that I'm in a position I'm in are inbound. Like, it's not like I'm getting, I have to mm. do this like outbound, like, please Outreach. let me do an ad for you. And I'm not, I'm saying probably in you know months or a year's time, I'll absolutely have to do that outreach just right now. I'm so thankful that I'm riding on this wave of popularity that I, I get it inbound. So I just don't understand how a manager agent could help in that. And I, I met with someone else who um, doesn't have a, she works in tech and is an influencer. And we were just like, we're smart enough. Like we can handle this. It's a business. We're businesswomen. Yeah. We got it. You know? Yeah. So I think it's, it's kind of empowering to run your own, your own thing. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. 
Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What kind of um, advice would you give uh, new content creators, either TikTokers or uh, influencers on Instagram, whatever it is in the video content space, if they are starting to get inward, inbound requests to work with them, since it is really the wild, wild west still as far as pricing goes, what are some, you know, kind of just either mindset tips or questions they should be asking to make sure that the price that they're giving is appropriate for their audience or what they're doing, et cetera, because I feel like there's no real rule book here. Totally. I love this. I think so many creators are taken such advantage of by brands and companies and agencies that will be like, we'll gift you a product. And then you make three videos reviewing it. And some, you know, to some that's really cool and exciting. Like I get free products. Everyone gets free products. I have 16 packages waiting out there of shit that I don't really want, but I'm, I'm super thankful for, but there's a ton of PR that goes in. Like that's a gift. That is not something you need to give something for So I, I think nothing you should do for free. Also just like faking it. Like I still am faking. It. I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. I have no industry standard of what I should be charging, but I provide a media kit. I provide a rate sheet. I provide all these things to pretend like I know what I'm doing. And then it seems legit. So when I say a number that I see, I think is absurd. They're like, great. Sounds good. And then I also think three, understanding your audience. Like, you know, I'll compare myself to Charlie D'Amelio, very different, but I'm, you know, <laughs> I have an audience of 25 to 35 year old, mostly women who have a lot of buying power, are highly intelligent, are informed buyers, are willing to press purchase, click the link on the things I'm posting. Charlie D'Amelio, for example, maybe has more like 12-year-olds, younger girls. Maybe they don't have as much buying power. Maybe they're not able to make purchases. So I think I'm able to sort of like price discriminate in that way of like, okay, an ad on my page means more than an ad on someone else's, obviously an ad on Charlie D'Amelio's page means so much more, but like, (laughs) you know, just like my audience is very powerful and I lean into that. So I think knowing your audience and telling the story of yourself as a creator, especially in the beginning is just so important. And I like, I love talking to creators about what rates are charging. And like, I'm like, please up your rates. I just talked to someone else and I consult with them and I'm like, I review their media kit. I'm like, up your rates. This is ridiculous. And they, no one's asking any questions. So always charge more. Honestly, I feel like across the board with women, up your rates is just like a general rule of thumb. Question, to get really nitty gritty into this, are you as an influencer, because Mads and I deal most of our ads on the podcast side of things, are you asking them, hey, what was my conversion rate? How many sales were made from that clicks? Like what are the metrics that you're using to know that those 25 to 35 year olds in your space have purchasing power? And how can people use those metrics to then go to advertisers and up their price in that way? 
Is it like how many people clicked the link, you know? Yeah. I think metrics are really important. I think on Instagram stories, that conversion is easier. You see link clicks. I think on my videos particularly, I always say this to the brands I work with, like it's a brand awareness play. Like I'm making a TikTok video for you. I'm lightly mentioning the product or service. And like, I'll talk about it in the caption. And a lot of my brand partners are just comfortable with that. It's like B2B companies like Dell that, you know, aren't really looking for conversion, more so looking for like Corbin Natalie uses a Dell. And like, I think those are the partners that I want to work with who are just like figuring out social, trying to get their name out there. Because I don't think a TikTok video leads to let me convert and buy this product now. I think stories do. I think, I think it just is a cool, like, brand awareness play of I use Adele, I bank with SoFi, I do these things, maybe I'm curious about it. And maybe that will inform my decision. But I, I, I think like TikTok videos are extremely hard to be like, unless it's like a Charlotte Tilbury review, you're like, I need that product. Right. It's sort of different when you're right. in the space of like a little bit more B2B. It's like a billboard. Like if Coca-Cola puts a billboard on Sunset Boulevard, they don't actually know what the sales are. And yet it's so interesting to me that in the influencer industry, Brands are demanding conversion and sales, and yet they would never demand conversion and sales from a magazine ad, a billboard ad, from pretty much any other advertisement ever, except for very specific Instagram. So brand awareness, and sometimes I feel like when people say it, brands think it's a cop-out, but it's not. Like brand awareness is the way before influencers, before we could track spending and coupon codes, is the only way advertisement like really worked in many ways. Like that's the whole point of advertising. So totally. And there are some startups that are like, I would never pay that rate. Like screw off. Like I need to see your act. Like based on your conversion, you should be charging this. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't think that, you know, here's the narrative. I disagree respectfully, we'll go our separate ways, you know, and it's like, that's totally fine. And some companies want that direct conversion. And I probably Mm -hmm. won't work with them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Scout, you posted a funny, like meme thing, posted something funny. (laughs) You thought something I said was was not Scout's not the funny gal in the group. Okay, except everybody. Okay, talk to my assistant. She's fucking cracking up all day long. Okay, let me just tell a story. We were in a team call. And I started the call. And I was like, guys, bend over, touch, make your knees, touch your elbows. Because uh, uh, that's like my favorite song right now. But my assistant wasn't in yet. And she finally entered the Zoom. And I was like, Danielle, you missed it. I was singing my favorite song. And Danielle literally goes, bend over, make your knees, touch your elbows. Like she knew. Like people think I'm funny, Mads. Like a lot of my mom. This is a very healthy, it. very healthy environment. The people I pay think I'm really funny too. Yeah, they'll laugh at my jokes even. <laughs> 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 when, they're on, when they're on my payroll. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Oh, Scout. My mom thinks I'm funny. My mom thinks I'm funny. She also birthed you. So there's that. Okay. What did I post? Okay. Hold on. You posted something that was like the $500 client will be like, can I have this? Oh, this, yeah. this? Can I have, can I get a discount? Da, da, da. Can you change my whole life in one month? <laughs> yeah. Can you change my whole life? Can you do whatever? And then the like $500,000 client is like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, you know, so I think it's kind of the similar where when you're working with brands that are obviously established and huge like Dell, like, yeah. And they're also not, they're not going to bat an eye. You know what I mean? And then working more with startups that they, they don't understand the power, but it's also because they're working on such tighter budgets. So it's an interesting like dynamic and you have the perfect platform to be able to go after like big, big guys, which is awesome. Yeah. Totally. One more tip to creators. And this is just like me being the businesswoman, Silicon Valley woman that I am. Ask if companies will provide you equity for, you know, maybe they can't meet your cash rates, but you can get a little bit of equity. You get like 10 of those in your portfolio. One's a unit and boom, you're retiring. You're set for life. This is so interesting. That is the best tip I've ever heard ever on Ed. You didn't use that as your trading secret <laughs> on Jason Tardik's podcast. This is the best. <laughs> okay, listen. So I've been seeing things like this pop up a little bit. There have been like startups that even like pair creators with brands with just equity essentially where it is more about paying the influencer in equity for instead of like a gifting, a free gifting type of like ambassador program. So I 100% agree with you. I think it is so smart. And it's also, I mean, on the startup side, because I'm I'm on the other side, like that is something we've considered where I was like, if we don't have the budget, like 100% I'll give equity. I think if they're, if they are really passionate about the brand and what we're building, 
Yeah, for sure. I want them on my side. I want, again, the, our success is their success. I totally, totally. I see, I love that. Yeah. I think it's so, and there, there's so many ways you can promote or do things. Like if you don't want to make a video, you can, people want your mind, people want your creator mind. You can do some consulting, help them build a brand campaign on their end, help them produce like a commercial or something and just be like a storyteller in that way. Like there's so many things you can do as a creator that like your mind is so powerful and your brand is so powerful that just like, Mm -hmm. you know, think of creative ways to, to make it work, especially if it's a company you believe in. Incredible. Oh my gosh. That is the best. I think this is time for our last question. It's going to follow up so beautifully because that was that I'm going to make an infographic with all those tips (laughs) and say corporate Natalie's infographic tips. Cause I'm corporate Natalie's infographic tips. What the fuck? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I did it. That's great. That's a good one. Let's workshop it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let me ask my question. Natalie, if you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? Brag about one thing? Okay, I am acting in a show in LA and I have no acting experience. And I am, someone is basically, I I can't give too much, too many details, but someone's taking a risk on me as corporate Natalie and thinks that I will be able to apply apply these skills of filming myself in my bedroom onto the big screen. So that is something wow. that I'm so excited about and I will be able to share more later, but I cannot wait. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh my God, that's insane. That's huge. And I saw, you know, I've seen celebrities at parties. That was cool. Like I went to a Revolve party and I like passed. I was like, is that Jason Derulo? Those are cool things. But like, see, you know, I think for me personally, I'm more excited about acting. <laughs> Oh my God, Mazel Tov. That's amazing. When one sees Jason Derulo, does one just go, Jason Derulo, as he walks past? Oh, totally. I was like the biggest bit of the Revolve party. I should not have been there. I'm like cracking jokes left and right. Everyone's dead serious. Like it's influencers in the wild. I'm, yeah, that was funny. I would oh love gosh, to go to, incredible. I would love to go to a Revolve party with you. I feel like it would just be so. Uh, oh, it's legendary. So it's so fun. Yeah. I feel like the three of us would just be eating in the corner yeah. waiting for the guy to pass the trays around. And the tequila shots and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you think there's food. <laughs> you think there's food at a remote party. That's- Whenever Mads and I go to like a fancy LA influencer party, we see all of our friends and then me and Mads just like station by the door where the people come. And they're like, no one else is eating. So then they just come to us. We'll have like five people around us and we're just like taking oyster shots and eating the food, you know? Yeah. I'm like hitting on the camera guy. That's like filming Drake performing. That's like kind of my MO. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. I love okay, it. Natalie, will you let everybody know where to find you and watch your hilarious reels and TikToks and where they can follow you to make sure that they hear the news first about this TV show? Oh my gosh. Yes. At corporate Natalie on TikTok and Instagram, corp Natalie on Twitter corporate Natalie on LinkedIn. It's just, it's all across the board. I'm done with platforms. I can't add a single other platform, but that's, that's it for now. We love a LinkedIn influencer. Yeah. Oh, we love God. A LinkedIn yes, influencer. absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Also, next time you're in LA, let us know. We'll all, we'll all grab drinks. I will. Sure. I'll be in LA for the show. So I'll let you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Oh, yeah. All right. You can- okay, sisters. Oh, yeah. You want to say it? Go. You can find us on OK Sis Podcast. And we love you. Love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 